right. Good morning, everybody. Come on, aren't you glad to be at church today? Man, I'm glad you're here. Uh, reruns week two. Uh, who likes Family Matters? We got some Family Matters fans? Oh, yeah. So last week, uh, I love, so maybe this is your first time with us through uh, reruns. I'd love to share just a little bit, real quick. Why don't we do reruns? Why don't we do this? It's just a simple way for us to uh, have some fun and hear the gospel in a relevant way. Come on, everybody loves to watch some TV. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we just get to watch some of our favorite shows um, that we've picked out over the years and just share the gospel through the principles in these television shows. So we eat some good snacks, drink some Cokes, hang out. It's a really easy invite to your friends who may or may not have, uh, care anything about church. Maybe they're kicking the tires on their faith. It's just a really easy invite to bring somebody. So I would encourage you, next week, week three, bring somebody with you, all right? Bring somebody. I promise it's going to be a lot of fun. They'll enjoy it, and they're going to hear that there's a God in heaven that loves them more than they could dream or imagine, all right? So go ahead and pull out your notes. I want to encourage you today. Listen, maybe you uh, grew up in church. Um, if you're like me, I told First Experience uh, today, um, there were times growing up in church that I came home with more bruises from church than I did playing football, okay? Because it was a, uh, you, you couldn't make any noise, okay? Um, anybody ever been like, like got snipered with the pinch behind the arm before? I mean, that's the worst pain on planet Earth. There's nothing, I, don't, I can't think of like just, you never see it coming and it's the world's worst pain all because... You opened a peppermint and made too much noise. You know what I mean? Like, come on. So here's what I'm saying. This right here, that's welcome, okay? Make all the noise you want to make. Open your Coke. Drink. Get five or six of these. These are um, calorie-free. They're carb-free. Um, only at church, okay? You step outside today and you get in your car and start eating them, it's on you, all right? That's on your prayer life, okay? <laughs> hey, I did a survey last week at, um, at our Columbiana campus. I think you can, you can tell a lot about a person by what kind of Debbie cakes they choose, right? It's kind of like an Enneagram test, a personality profile, right? Um, so survey, let's just see who in here, show of hands, loves, like this would be your choice, cosmic brownies. Cosmic brownies, Father oh, in heaven. Lots of folks need the gospel in here. This is... Y'all know this ain't a real brownie. Like, they don't even come close to tasting like a real brownie. Why do they call it a brownie? If they called it something else, maybe I could live with it. They're, it's an imposter. They call it something that it's not. I, I, I can't go with it. What about Star Crunch? Star Crunch fans? Okay, okay. This is nostalgic from, from childhood. And then I, I, I suspect um, oatmeal. Very similar. Last week in Columbiana, there was almost a standing ovation for oatmeal cream pies. I don't know what that says about our campus over there, but I thought we're a little too passionate about, about it. Uh, but everybody seems to love oatmeal cream pies. My favorite, and it got voted down this year. I don't know why, um, but I love Nutty Buddies. Come on, Nutty Buddies. See, we're going to do a survey at the end of this series. Everybody's going to vote Nutty Buddies next year. You get two for, man. You get two for one in Nutty Buddies. Like, y'all know you can get two for one. Why would we not just always choose that particular one? If I'm choosing Debbie Cakes growing up, as you can see, I'm not a runner, all right? Like, I'm not, like, you need, you want to know what a good Debbie Cake, ask somebody that looks like me. You know what I'm saying? Um, you always, always go for the double, right? Swiss rolls, nutty buddies, like, I could go through the line of ones that have doubles, okay? I know I know way too much information about uh, Debbie Cakes, okay? I, I get it, all right? Hey, go ahead and pull out your notes. Week two, we're going to watch... Family Matters, one of my favorite shows 
of all time. Uh, started in 1989, ran 11 seasons. Maybe you know this if you're a super fan. Y'all know Steve Urkel was never even supposed to go past one episode. Um, he was supposed to only be in one episode, but he was so popular, they brought him back for, for another one, did another one, and eventually he became like the face of Family Matters. So much so that I don't know that it really helped this actor's career long term because he couldn't, uh, they could not get past the fact that he was Steve Urkel. I know this, check this out, Carl was the only one to appear in all 215 episodes. I... This is controversial to me. Um, there seemed to be this thing in sitcoms back in the day, and I know contracts and things like that. I get it. People quit or people get fired and they move on. But it was always weird to me that one Friday, TGIF, come on, TGIF fans, one Friday, like Judy was one person, and then the next Friday, it was somebody completely different. And they didn't even acknowledge it. Like it was just a total, completely different person. And everybody's like, I was like, y'all know we noticed that, right? Um, <laughs> But what was, as I became a parent, it became apparent to me, like, this was a reality that anybody's, any parent in the room, like, ever, just one time wished, I wish I could have done that. Like, I wish I could just swap, right? Like, Shepard was this kid this week and just, you know, bro, that would have been, like, there was gold in that sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But we can't. We, our kids are our kids, whether we like it or not, right? Uh, we have to re recite the scriptures, right? Blessing or uh, children are a blessing from the Lord. Even when we don't feel that blessing, we have to recite it, communicate it, right? Remind ourselves of that. Uh, so Family Matters, fun, fun episode today is season four, episode three. Um, it's titled Driving Carl Crazy. Now, if you've seen the show at any length of time, any one of those 215 episodes, you know that Carl has somewhat of an anger problem. He got a little bit of a short fuse. And in this episode, it got the best of him. And, and the hope behind today's message, really, is that we would learn, right? Like, it doesn't take long for our inner issues to surface. Has anybody, like, you know anybody in your life that's got a short fuse? Um, it comes out in different ways. Sometimes it comes out in, in anger. Sometimes it comes out in passive aggressiveness. A lot of times these inner issues, they show themselves in different ways. And his, it was anger, but I believe all of us have something in our life. And the hope is today that we are able to peel back uh, the skin a little bit and understand, maybe in the heart, like what is my issue and how can I begin to deal with it in a way that honors God so that I can leave out of this place and live my life on purpose. Are y'all ready for that? All right, so let's dive in. Scene number one, we see uh, that, that Carl's got some unaddressed issues, and it just kind of blows up on him. So check this out. <clears throat> A bit of bubbly, my sweet. Let it flow. Harriet, huh. how long has it been since we've had Casa de Winslow to ourselves? Well, let's just put it this way. A Democrat was president. Howdy doody, Winslows. Steve. How you doing, big guy? Go home. I just 
completed a 100-hour trumpet course. And boy, are my lips tired. <laughs> Steve, can uh, we talk man to pest? Talk away, big guy. Well, you see, the wife and I, we... <clears throat> we're lonely for each other. of The Lonely Bull. I do that. Go home, go home, go home. I don't have to take this. I'm going home. Harriet, look at this mess. I have had it. Carol, calm down. I, I won't calm down. Harriet, that kid is the bane of my existence. He waltzes in here like he owns the place and always with some ridiculous greeting. Heidi ho neighbors! Hurry <laughs> duty, Winslows! Rise and shine, big guy! Carl, take it easy. I can't. Harriet, that kid, that... Uh, whoa. Carl, what's wrong? Uh, Carl, I don't know, I'm dizzy. Sit down, Carl. Whoa. Sit down. Oh. Now breathe deep. Wow, this doesn't make sense. I, I always feel great after I kick Steve out. Carl, I'm calling the doctor. No, 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 no. No, I, uh... <clears throat> I'm feeling better already. Promise me you're gonna go see Dr. Van Lowe tomorrow. I will, sweetheart. First thing tomorrow. Now come to Papa Mama. <laughs> All right, write this down. Issues unaddressed always lead to unhealth. Anger unaddressed, it's always gonna lead to bitterness. Little things in my life, most people think of, uh, we, we start out in life thinking, well, it's not that big of a deal. This isn't that big of an issue. I can handle this in my own abilities. But the truth is, none of us were ever designed to handle really anything in our own strength. We were never designed to carry the weight of life. James says it this way about anger. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Y'all know why people have short fuses? 
You know why people seem to um, get angry really, really quick or they have anger issues? It's because over time, they've never actually dealt with the stuff in their life. And all of us really only have capacity for so much. And eventually, most of us find ourselves living our lives. By the time we get into our 20s, 30s, and 40s, we, we've already reached capacity on the things that we can handle. And we live our lives short-fused. We live the rest of our days with really a, 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 almost an inability to handle things in any way that would honor God. The Bible reminds us, listen, it didn't say don't get angry. It says slow to become angry. Why? Because anger produces something that none of us in our humanity can actually control. Over time, if we allow that root to settle into our lives, it will become something that we can't control in our own strength. Anger allowed to cultivate, it leads to bitterness. Bitterness will destroy your health and your spirit. It'll destroy it all. You finally get to a point in your life in which you just can't seem to control what happens next. And that comes out in a lot of different ways. For some of us, it's anger. For some of us, it's other ways. We've talked about that. What are the things in your life that just seems that have gotten out of control that you thought at some point or another you could handle in your own strength? Our, our next scene today, we're going to realize is that one of the healthiest things we can do is admit that we've got an issue and allow others to help in our lives. So in the next scene, Carl, we're going to see that he has a problem. He admits it, but he does something that all of us do. He resolves to try to fix it himself. Check this out. Hi, everybody. Hey, Carl. Carl, I've been thinking about you all day. Did you go see the doctor? Yep, I'm fine. You are? Mm -hmm. Well, what did he say? Well, he said that my blood pressure is a scotch too high. How high is a scotch? Uh, 160 over 98. Is that a high? Not if you're a flying Walinda. I'm fine, really. You see... Whenever I lose my cool, my blood pressure goes sky high. So all I have to do is simply control my temper. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. What are you saying I can't do it? You say I have self control? Carl, calm down. Oh, <laughs> popped off there a little. <laughs> can't do that anymore. You need to learn stress management. Yep, I'm way ahead of you. See this little booklet? I picked it up at the doctor's office. It's called Stress Busters. Does it have any good tips? Oh, yeah. And here's the best one. You see, whenever I get angry, I just recite this little poem. It calms me down. Three, two, one. One, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? Ah, see? Cool as a cucumber. Everybody. The Bible. Hey, Carl. The Bible tells us this in Galatians 6 2. Share. Everybody say share one, two, three. Share. share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Share one another's burdens. So Carl thinks he's got it figured out, doesn't he? His blood pressure's a little too high. He can handle it with his own remedy. I'm just gonna count. Three, two, one, one, two, three, right? Come on, all of us have our own remedies. You've all got it. We've all walked through certain circumstances. Come on, some of you have been wounded because of uh, something going on at work. 
You're wounded in your career. You're wounded in your marriage. You're wounded through something that's happened with your kids. You're carrying around hurt, and you've decided that nobody really understands it. Nobody in your circle really understands fully, so you've just decided to be prideful, to be arrogant, honestly, and just try to carry it on your own, and it's leading to a mess, isn't it? You've pushed people away. Carl's learned it the hard way, right? He's realizing, okay, I got an issue. I recognize there's a problem, but I don't want to bother anybody with it, except y'all, listen to this. It's a biblical principle for us to carry one another's burdens. Can I tell you, that goes far beyond just hearing somebody's story. It goes far beyond just listening to somebody talk. What am I doing to allow somebody to carry the weight of what's going on in my life? What am I doing to allow somebody to help me in everything that I'm walking with, and in turn, I can help them carry the weight of what's going on in their life. The problem is this, this remedy that is a biblical principle for us to do life together, do life in community, uh, be in small groups, get, out, get beyond just the, uh, the circle, cir- uh, superficial level of life and actually go a little bit deeper relationally with people. Most of us would rather die <laughs> than to let somebody in that deep in our lives. Many times it's because you've been wounded. People have let you down. Somebody's done something that hurts you and you got authentic the last time and, and it just didn't work out. So you're giving up on it. And it's getting bigger and it's getting bigger. And can I tell you, there's a p- principle here. You'll never heal a hurt on your own. It'll never heal. You'll never get past the, the, uh, the conflict in your career on your own. You'll never fix that by yourself. You'll never get past the conflict with your spouse by yourself. You'll never heal a hurt on your own. God's never wasted a hurt, but he's designed us to do community together. And we were never designed to do it by ourselves. Share one another's burdens. When I was a kid, my parents, uh, I, I grew up when I was little. Like, we didn't have cell phones or anything like that. My parents would lock me out of the house at summertime. Anybody else get locked out before? Uh, and they just tell you, come back alive when the street lights are on. I don't care what you do. You're just not allowed in here. That's what I was told, okay? That's, that's the life that I live. My mom is probably watching right now. Like, she did it. Like, that's what happened. And so I remember this one time I was with my grandparents. They did that exact thing. Doors locked. Don't come back till the, till the street lights are on. You get thirsty, find a hose pipe somewhere. Just do, you come back alive. That's all I'm asking you to do. And so I remember climbing over a fence in a cow pasture. And back in my day, fences, um, they didn't, they weren't like, it wasn't like the safest thing. Like every chain link fence had barbed wire things at the top. Y'all remember that? And this particular time I climbed over the fence, thought I was, foot slipped, fell, literally hung myself on the fence right here. Still have the scars right here uh, in my chest. Y'all, there wasn't a cell phone. I did not have a tracker on my shoe for my mama to find me, uh, right? Like, there was none of that. Like, it was, it was right here. Like, I was stuck, couldn't call for help, yelled for help. My parents locked me out. <laughs> they left me alone. So, literally, y'all, I had to climb off the fence myself. Climbed off, fell down, ran home, banged on the door. Mom said, don't come back till dark. Mom, I'm bleeding out. <laughs> like, let me, you got to take me to the hospital. They took me to the doctor. And y'all know what everybody happens back when I, when I was a kid. Like, if you got stuck with something like that, they were going to give you a what? Oh, yeah. They wasn't doing that to me. 
I was going to die before they stuck me with a needle. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up with a needle phobia. Um, if you took me to the doctor, they saw me coming three days away. If my mom made an appointment, they hired all the strong arms the day that I was coming. Because it was going to be a fight, you know? Like, I did not. I, in my mind, I, was, I would rather suffer the disease that would come from not taking the tetanus shot than to take the tetanus shot. And the truth is, that's most of us in this, lie, in, in this room when it comes to community. Most of us would rather try our best to deal with the hurt, to deal with the wound, to deal with the anger, to deal with the bitterness ourselves, than to get authentic in community because we just don't trust people. Some of us, it's because we've been hurt. Some of us, listen, some of us are just too prideful to think that somebody might have a word from God for me and that it might help me in the circumstance or the season that I'm in. Listen, how about this? How about God designed you not to always get a word directly from him? God designed us to be surrounded with people. And sometimes the most prophetic thing that he'll ever give you is from a friend that you've allowed in your life. So who are you doing community with, right? All right, so scene number three, Carl, lets, he learns it the hard way, all right? So check this out. He, he gets with Steve, and man, it just gets out of hand. Check this next scene out. Go home, Steve. Hi, Estelle, my bodacious belle. <laughs> Hello, Steve. I heard you got yourself a car. Oh, yes, indeedy. It's a real beauty, too. In fact, that's why I'm here, to ask Carl a big favor. Will you teach me to drive, big guy? Steve, why don't you ask your parents to teach you how to drive? I can't. They have a car phobia. Why? I was born in one. <laughs> Mold me into a motorman. <laughs> Do it, honey. Look at that face. Look at it. Mother, you know how I get when I'm around Steve. I just want to throw things. It'll be a good test to see if you can teach him without losing your temper, honey. <laughs> you have to promise that you'll try very hard not to irritate me. Next time, look for that union label. Yeah. Do you get in this thing or put it on? <laughs> I break me up. I <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but well, how do you get in this thing? There's no door. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Now let's go over some basics here. You got your, your ignition, you got your turn signal, you got your gear shift, you got... Wait a minute, where's your speedometer? Oh, there isn't one. That's why my uncle put in this little chalkboard. So you can write down how fast you think you're going. All right, just, just put the key in and start the engine. Listen to that tiger growl. Sounds more like a gerbil. All right, the next step is... I can't just... believe it. I'm behind the wheel of my very own car. Steve, <laughs> calm down. and termites. Well, don't worry, big guy. I'll get us out of here. Steve. Steve, wait, wait, no, Steve, wait! Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Steve, wait, no, 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 you've done. You have creamed my garage door. Easy, big guy. Temper, temper. Three, two, one. One, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? Three, two, one. is bothering me. <laughs> three, two, one! One, two, three! What the heck is bothering me? Finally. Almost lost it there. <laughs> Complete control now. <laughs> for today. Three, two, one. One, two, three. What the heck is bothering me?
Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Oh. Steve. Oh. Carol? Oh. Carol? What, what's the matter, big guy? Oh, man, I'm dizzy. Well, take it easy. I'll go get help. So his coping mechanism just didn't work. Can I tell you a truth that I think can help a lot of us? God's will was never for you to cope with your hurts. His will has always been that you would be healed from your hurts. And so many of us have lived our life trying to cope through the disappointments of our life, not realizing God's ultimate desire is to, for us to find healing from it. In our, in our last scene today, you're going to recognize that Carl had been given... He had been given the recommendations to really ultimately get healed, but instead he chose to cope with it in his own ability. Check this out. Steve, could you excuse us uh, for a moment? I'd like to speak to my husband alone. Sure. I have to go find your daughter anyway. I can't wait to tell her that I'm just a few driving lessons away from driving Miss Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I just got off the phone with Dr. Van Lowe. Oh? And he told me a few things I found very interesting. Like what? <laughs> he told me he gave you a list of things to do to lower your blood pressure. Is that right? Well, there could have been a list. <laughs> Reduce your salt intake. Start a low-fat, low-cholesterol diet, exercise every day, and that stupid one, two, three point wasn't even on the list. I found the booklet in the waiting room. It was keeping the coffee table level. Carl, why did you ignore the doctor's advice? Oh, come on, Harriet. No salt, no donuts, lots of exercise. My life will be a living hell. At least you'd be living. I know. Listen, Carl. You may not worry about your health, but I sure do. And so does the rest of your family. But Harriet, the stuff the doc wants me to do is a real pain. I'll tell you what gives me a pain, Carl. The thought of living without you. Oh, Harriet. Carl, we have a lot to look forward to. I want both of us to be here to watch our children grow up and get married and have children of their own. It'd be nice to have some grandkids. Yeah. We're a team, Carl. Let's do everything we can to keep this team together. You're right, sweetheart. You know, Robert Browning said it best. Grow old along with me. Best is yet to be. I love you, Carl. I love you too, Harry. Do that thing again. What if it's less about the thing and more about you just being in authentic, God honoring community? The Bible says this in. James chapter 5 verse 16 for us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that we can be healed healed you see salvation comes from Jesus we know that 
But I want you to know this. Maybe you've forgotten it. Maybe there's people in here that need to hear it. Some of us, the only healing you're going to find is through community. And you're going to continue to wrestle with whatever it is. Some of you, some of us have ran to pornography. Some of us, it's some other addiction. Some of us, it's alcohol or food or shopping or spending or fill in the blank of all the things we could spend our time with trying to cope. But can I tell you, God didn't design you to cope. He wants to heal you. So I want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're here today. Man, maybe you've been struggling here lately. Maybe you've actually could ask you a a legit question to yourself. When's the last time I've actually been at peace? That I've actually looked looked forward to the day with joy. What if I said that? That can happen. If you're honest, you've been pushing your community away. You've been isolating yourself. You're doing all the things. You're doing, 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 but you're really not in community. There's nobody in your life that you're actually allowing to speak into your life. You need to allow that to happen. Maybe it begins with a relationship with Jesus. You would simply say these words, Father, I'm so sorry. I've been doing it in my own strength. If that's you right now, you would say this prayer, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on a cross. You lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and three days later came back to life, rescuing me from my sin. Today I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for salvation. Father, I pray for my family here today. God, I pray for our church. God, I pray for those who may be following you as Lord, but, man, if they're really honest, they've been slowly but surely pushing away community. They've been slowly, slowly but surely living in offense. And so, God, I pray that you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would soften their hearts to walk in forgiveness and walk in grace and open up their hearts to community. Listen to wisdom. Only a fool, only a fool thinks their way is the only way. God, your word says the wise listen to others. So, God, I pray that you surround us with people that love us and want to see your best for our lives. And, God, that we can walk in authentic community and live our life on purpose this week, and that makes the difference in the lives around us. God, you'll get all the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, 1015. Can you honor Jesus today? Come on, he's worthy.